0: You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Mark, and Troy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Fireside Chat. Today with me uh, is the man, the myth, and the legend. He's Alex.
1: Is this really another Fireside Chat? Because I thought we were just kind of going to name name it something different
0: so that we didn't have to start a new series. Well, I don't know what to call it. I mean, the last Fireside Chat went over pretty well. I figured, you know, in the interim of doing episode 300, we'll do another Fireside Chats until... We're going to talk to the people, and that's what the Spirits of Fireside chats were, to talk to the people.
1: I got you. We call it the Origins of Proven Gamer.
0: Yeah, we're going to call this one the Origins of Proven Gamer. Uh, Unfortunately, we do not have Yield, um, that he's at work. Uh, Troy is busy with uh, schoolwork, and Mark is somewhere in the great state of California, oblivious to the fact that we're recording this because I couldn't get a hold of him. Uh, So... Uh, I actually didn't even introduce myself. I, if you guys don't know who the hell I am, I'm Tricky Mick. Uh, again, this is going to be an uncensored show, so you're going to hear Alex making noise like he's doing right now. You're probably going to hear Athena running around, flapping her ears, uh, trying to get some love from Alex.
1: Uh, she's uh, playing with a toy right now that she's de- so that she destroyed five minutes after I gave it to her. That's that's what uh, I, that, uh- that's what I get for having a pit bull. She destroys all toys within seconds. She's a magician, uh, actually. A magician? Yeah, she uh, she destroys toys in front of your eyes. Ah. She makes them disappear
0: in, in less than 30 minutes. Alright, so a quick update on episode 300. Uh, last fireside chat, we said that we were going to be recording it on April 9th. That seems to have fallen by the wayside. So we're not going to be recording April 9th. Our soft plans right now... Uh, our, is to record it April 23rd.
1: There's nothing ever soft about Trophy Whores. We always go hard at it.
0: Yes. Um, originally, when we found out we couldn't do it on the 9th, uh, I, my thought was to do it on the 16th, but the 16th is Easter, so we can't do it the 16th, so we had to push it back another week, which is now April 23rd. So, uh, in the term we're going to do some fireside chats uh, when one or two or three or four of us can get together and, you know, talk until we can get all five of us together. I figure we'll keep doing these shows and uh, keep talking to the public. Now, uh, upon having to delay this another week, actually in this term, it's going to be another two weeks. Alex, you came up with a great idea for a fireside chat. You want to tell the listeners what you what we're going to be talking about today? So, I mean,
1: like in the spirit of episode 300 with how far we've come on this show it's uh, and you've come even farther on this show than I have, Tricky. It's uh, it's it would seem best to kind of remind people where we came from because you know we d- can't expect everyone who listens to the show to have been here from the start. We've picked up new listeners along the way, probably you know with each episode. So I figure it's a good idea to kind of um, talk to our listeners and say, hey, this is where we came from, and just give them an idea of the origins of. Uh, specifically Trophy Horse, but also kind of Proven Gamer, because Proven Gamer is tied into it. Trophy Horse was a thing before Proven Gamer, but Proven Gamer was born as kind of a, uh, a place to house Trophy Horse and grow it into what it is today.
0: Well, truth be told, you're actually uh, in the business longer than I am because, um, quick thing, Trophy Horse got its start on SarcasticGamer.com which is now uh, a website that's gone by the wayside, unfortunately. But um, you were actually a writer for Sarcastic Gamer from the start. So it was kind of crazy
1: how I came to Sarcastic Gamer. Uh, I was actually about to graduate from college, and I got into... I was commuting from Louisville to Lexington, which is about an hour drive um, on the highway. And I was commuting from commuting from Louisville to Lexington a couple times a week to go to class just to finish up a few uh, credits that I needed, and... I got into a really bad car wreck. Like I totaled my car on the highway, and I was lucky to survive, to be perfectly honest. I walked away with minor injuries, like, I mean, I didn't even go to the hospital. Uh, but in the meantime, I had to find a place to stay because I didn't have a car, and so I couldn't commute anymore. So I was living out, I was staying in a hotel, essentially, and like, riding the bus to uh, class and everything. And I started to get really heavy into podcasting. That's when I came across, you know, all the big websites—Kotaku, uh, Destructoid, Joystick—all those uh, sites that kind of popped up within those years. I think it was it was late 2007, it was like winter, fall 2007. And I found this website called—I uh, found the—I can't remember exactly how I found it—but I started listening to the Red Show, the sarcastic game of Red Show, uh, with Doc, Lano, and Dave. And I, you know, after I, I really liked the product they put out, um, so I, I went to the website, I, I joined the forums, and I started writing a few articles. The first one was about the, the virtual console on the Wii, and how I was disappointed I didn't have certain games. Uh, I, you know, my next article that I wrote on the forums was about God of War 3, it was right before the release of God of War 3, so I did a whole big retrospective on the God of War series. And Doc messaged me. He's like, hey, dude, we've read your stuff on on the forums. It's really, really good. Would you like to be a writer for us? And that's kind of how I came in to be a writer on Sarcastic Gamer. Uh, I started just – I've posted a few articles on the forums, and they they read it. And that's, I mean that's kind of how uh, Trophy Horse started because sarcastic, on Sarcastic Gamer, Doc and the guys created a way for uh, community podcasts. They, they allowed their uh, their forum users to create and upload podcasts, and Trophy horse was one of the podcasts that started on the the community cast um, feed for uh, Sarcastic
0: Gamer. Yeah, that was actually um, <laughs> that was actually done um, reluctantly from the start. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there was an episode um, of the Blue Show in which one of the hosts, I think it was Frawls, uh, wasn't able to make the episode. And, uh, I got a message from Pac-Man Polar Bear asking me if I wanted to be on the show because apparently Pac-Man had seen some of my posts inside of, uh, the Sarcastic Gamer forums and one thing led to another. We did, I did the show. From there, it, uh, Rothbard had turned to me and said, uh, dude, why don't you do your own podcast? And I said, nah, nah, I don't want to do my own podcast. You know, I don't have the time. I don't have the effort. I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do anything. He's like, well, dude, if you ever think about doing it, you know, we got uh, the community cast. So I thought about it for a little while, and then I reached out to uh, two of the original hosts. One I'm sure you're pretty familiar with, and that's Donnie. The other one is a hard-rocking guy who was with us from episode 1 to 50. Um, And I actually found them on the PSN by just looking on my PSN friend list and seeing who had the most trophies. Because my the trophy wars was originally only supposed to be how to get those hard to get trophies. It was never a PlayStation podcast. It was just you know let's go and get some trophies. And this if you're having a hard time getting one, this is how we're gonna do it. You write it in. You tell us that you're having a hard time doing it, and then you know we'll talk it out and how to do it for you. Oh, excuse me one second. Vamp for a second. I gotta blow my nose.
1: Well, I. One thing I really – I remember about Sarcastic Gamer was like becoming a writer. Like I eventually became an editor and like most of my time on the website was producing content in the form of written articles, editorials, reviews, all that kind of stuff and then uh, editing other people's work. And that took up a lot of time. But one of the things I really regret or was, wasn't happy about was that I didn't – I wasn't on a podcast because you know, they had the, the blue show, the pink show, the red show and the, the brown show and I kind of always wanted to be on the podcast. And, like, it, I was always kind of like, well, I like to write, but, you know, I, I would also like to be on a podcast at some point. I was, on, I was on an episode of The Blue Show with Rothbard and Pac-Man, and then I was also on a packed podcast with Dave, Frawls, and 8-Bit Bass. And so I was on a few podcasts, but it, it wasn't as much as I would have liked. So, uh, I mean, later on, we'll obviously learn that I was brought over to Trophy Horse, um my first episode was episode sixty six. Actually, went and looked it up. Episode did you really? Yeah, episode sixty six <laughs> was my very first episode. It's because I think you couldn't, you couldn't be on. So I think Titanic and Donnie brought me on as a replacement. No,
0: actually, actually I brought you on. Oh, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but from there, you know, we started doing the community cast, and uh, we released three episodes. And actually, uh, our third episode was released. The same day Extra Life was going on. And uh, for some reason, uh, our post went straight to the top. Because, you know, new posts, they get posted to the top of the website. And Doc had messaged me saying that, uh, sorry, we're going to have to take down your post, blah, blah, blah. Because, I, you know, obviously I advertised the shit out of it. Uh, you know, our focus is Extra Life. And I was like, yeah, no, dude, I totally understand. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then it never went back up. Um... So from there, you know, I had a couple of private conversations with Doc which I'm not going to put out there in the public. Um but Doc basically said that uh through no no issues, you know, like no no bad blood or nothing that they just weren't going to be able to host our show anymore. Um and it, it that was a it was a good reason. Um so I thought the show was dead. And then fast forward about three weeks later, because uh, we were doing a community cast. I think we were doing it like once a month, and they were only like 20-minute shows, uh, which is ironic, because as we were recording this now, we're in 11 minutes, and we haven't even barely got started. Yeah, quite and frankly. You, I mean,
1: these days, it takes us, what, 20 minutes to get through introductions?
0: Yeah, so you you could tell like how fast we were going through the shows. Um, so fast forward you know, a couple of weeks and uh, Gamertag Radio, which is, uh, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with, they were doing a Mafia 2 release party in New York City. Um, and I went there and, you know, I was socializing. I hung out with Fraud, hung out with uh, Jax from the Mommy Gamers. Uh, both of those individuals were are associated with Sarcastic Gamer. Um, uh, I can't remember the... the uh, not Leslie, not Jax. Who was the third person on the Pink Show?
1: Well, at, well, originally, yeah, I forgot Leslie was on there, but Esme eventually was the third person. Esmeralda was eventually the third person on the Pink Show. Uh, yeah, but who was but the it, main host? It was Pete Rock's wife. Um,
0: yeah, I'm trying to think of her name. It was Harley. Was it Harley. Harley, okay. Uh, hung out with Harley and all that stuff. Uh, and at that party, I uh, met a guy who's been on the show a couple times, uh, Philosophy, who had said that he wanted to uh, start his own website and do this thing, and he, he heard our show, and you know he was actually impressed with our work and blah, 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 and asked us if we would morph into a PlayStation podcast rather than just a trophy podcast and that we'd be able to do our shows and all this other stuff. So I reached out to Hard Rock and Donnie at the time and said, Hey, listen, this is the offer on the table. Are you guys interested in doing this? I mean, obviously, it was going to be a lot more work because editing an hour podcast is a lot different from editing a 20-minute podcast, um, at least on my end. So we talked, to and we said, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, and then we were with them for 20 episodes. And then we did an episode where Frawls was a guest host, and um, we were basically kicked off that network. Uh, well, I'll leave it at that. I mean, I think the episodes are still live on Proving Gamer, so you can actually go listen to the first 20 episodes. The first 20 episodes of uh, that you find on the iTunes feed were actually recorded on what was called the Community Voice Network. So when you listen to those episodes and hear us talk about the Community Voice Network, that's why. It's because those 20 episodes. And then uh, we were kicked off of there um, through a misunderstanding, and me, Hard Rock, and Donnie, we looked at each other. Uh, over the internet, obviously, because we live, all live in different states, and we said, uh, do we want this to die? Do we want this to go? And that's how Proving Gamer was born. We we said we we're going to start our own website. We did it, and here it is now, six years later. You know, we're celebrating 300 episodes.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's kind of crazy how many people have been involved with the show and to where it is now, because most of these hosts, I mean... Mark and Troy are relatively. I mean, Troy was a uh, a guest host for you know a few episodes here and there, so he's been around. Um, but Mark and Troy are both uh, regu- relatively new as far as like regular hosts go. And Yield even like I left to go do some work with um, Crash uh, and Justin and Klaus and Candace over at Would You Kindly and uh, do a couple podcasts over there. The Floor is Lava and uh, Gamers Garage. And I don't know, I don't remember when I came back to Proven Gamer. Uh, it was sometime in 2013, like the summer of 2013. Um, but it's crazy to think that I have been on a host of this show since episode 66. Uh, it's at 300 now. It's over 200 episodes. Like that's yeah, well, a little bit the, nuts.
0: Um, we, we touched on how you became a part of the show. Uh, you know, that was actually, we were down a host. I don't remember who was not able to make the show. And we had reached out to um, Pac-Man Polar Bear and said, hey, do you want to be a guest host? He said, "Uh, dude, I can't make it, but why don't you ask uh, Havoc? And I was like, who the hell is Havoc? And he was like, ask Ray's Havoc from Sarcastic Gamer. I'm like, well, I don't know him. You know, I never talked to him, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, oh, dude, he's a cool dude. Just tell him I sent you. Uh, send him a message. So I sent you a message, and like an hour later, you were on the podcast with us.
1: Yeah, it's uh, was it Pac Man or
0: Frawls who? It might have been Frawls.
1: what it might I
0: like. It, it might have been Frawls. Now that I think about it, but uh, yeah, that's how actually you became a uh, a member of the show was because uh, I you did a couple cause I was a guest and, to,
1: I was a guest host on episode sixty six, but I came back. On episode sixty-seven, so I was back the next episode, and like I think I was in episode sixty-eight and sixty-nine too, because I think Lemon Juice and Sunshine, one of the all-time favorite trophy horse podcasts, uh, you at least listen to the first twenty seconds of that, and you'll get a big laugh, uh, courtesy of Donnie and Candace. Uh, but that was episode sixty-nine, so like right after sixty-six, like I was kind of on the train and part of the show, and it kind of it was like that first. Like I said, I wanted to be on a podcast for a long time, just never had an opportunity because, you know, even though they had many podcasts on Sarcastic Gamer, there was plenty of talented people to take those spots. So, I mean, we, we had a lot of talented people from writers to podcasters to editors. So, I mean, it was it was a really talented group. Um, and, you know, I just never got the opportunity, but, you know, I come over to Proven Gamer and Trophy Horse and I got that opportunity. And it's it's been uh quite an amazing experience i've had a lot of really great experiences within like covering the games industry for like oh god it's it'll be like 10 years this this winter um you know been to e3 been to pax been out to san francisco to check out an iphone game uh done a lot uh been on a podcast now for over 200 episodes so i mean to be a part of growing Uh, not only sarcastic gamer, not only kind of being there on the ground floor when Extra Life was, the the seeds for Extra Life were planted and being a part in helping that grow. And then not only that, but also growing trophy horse wedges today. Like, it's been a pretty fantastic uh, experience. For those of you who know me quite well or have been listening, I had a journalism degree uh, from Kentucky, graduated summa cum laude, couldn't get a job out out of college, which is really frustrating. So I haven't really used my degree in the way that I thought that I would but I have had some pretty goddamn great experiences um, through covering the games industry, and I, I know that a lot of people think about you know once all the blogs popped up, the independent blogs, like you know you had Gamespot, you had IGN all the time, you know even when I would, like was before high school. But then you know like I said, joystick and Destructoid popped up, and everyone kind of make money off games, and it was never really for a while there. It was kind of a it seemed plausible, but you know, after a while, it's kind of like one of those things you gotta be like, you know what? I'm I'm cool with just doing this as a hobby. Like I'm cool. Like I enjoy this, and it's something that I can sit down and relax. Like after a hard worry, hard week, I, I can wind and talk to people on a podcast about a video games, just rant, or go off on a tangent, or talk about the latest Marvel movie. Like really, we can talk about anything we want and just release it to people. And it's been a really great way to kind of, like I said, unwind um, and just enjoy the games industry and just kind of like make commentary on it, but not feel like I need to, not feel like it's a second job. Because like editing and writing, that kind of feels like a second job. This just feels kind of like a hobby and it's it, it's made it far more enjoyable. Like I, I enjoy doing this uh, in many ways more than I enjoyed writing because there was just such a stress level for writing and there was very little... You know, I mean, I enjoyed getting comments and stuff and feedback from my articles, but a lot of times it was just kind of like, I'm throwing this in the wind and people may see it, people may not see it. Uh, but with the podcast, it's just kind of like, I sit down, I plug in my headphones and we just talk about the news and trophies and it's, it's been quite a great experience for me. Uh, like this, like I always say, like this silly little podcast that allowed three four friends to sit and talk about playstation games has grown to something pretty goddamn incredible over six years
0: and yeah i mean when you when you look at it because like we're you know as, unfortunately video games i think in the mass uh in the mass of people uh they're very looked down on like as still childish i mean even my like my coworkers, they uh they're, they're very testosterone-driven, and, like, you tell them you play video games, and they're like, oh, when are you going to grow up? And, like, until they sit down and play games uh, like Horizon or play The Last of Us or play Uncharted, you, you don't realize it's not Mario no more. <laughs> I mean, not to they say they won't Mario. I'm just saying it's we, not those kids' games anymore.
1: Here's an argument I've always made or I've made re- in recent years as games have kind of developed into almost, like, movie-quality experiences – You know, people would always tell me, like, you know, you need to, you should read more books. Like, I've never, there are some books that I enjoy, Animal Farm, Frankenstein, uh, Moby Dick, James and the Giant Peach, Beowulf. Uh, I enjoy some books. I can't believe I forgot to mention The Outsiders. That's one of my favorites right there. Love The Outsiders. But, you know, for me, when people tell me, why don't you go read a book? It's like, well, how is reading a book any different from a video game? I mean, yeah, it's not healthy to sit in front of a TV for six hours pounding away at a game, but... At the end of the day, you're you're immersing yourself into characters, into a story, and you're sitting on the couch still, um, as you would be with a book. So I think that anyone who looks at games as childish and infantile and puerile clearly don't understand how much work goes into a video game and the fact that you know not only do you have Hollywood actors involved in these in these games, but you also got people actually putting so much effort into the stories to where it's it's a, it's a story that where you know it's a video game character, but at the same time, like, you can attach yourself to him. Like, the Uncharted characters, like in Uncharted 2, uh, when Lazarevich almost kills Elena. Like, I wrote an article for Sarcastic Gamer, like, uh, titled, Naughty Dog, You Almost Rip My Heart Out, and it was about how I had become attached to the Elena character, because Naughty Dog is so good at creating characters, and when she almost died like i was just uh, first my heart sank and i was sad and then i w- was pissed and i'm like Lazarovich i'm going to kick your fucking ass come here so i mean if you if you're going to argue that video games are just for kids you know sure there are some games marketed towards kids and made for kids but there are also experiences out there that are ones that will stay with you for a long time, and stories that are just as good as a story you'll read in a book or a story that unfolds in a movie. So, I mean, I I think that it's just another way to take in, to to foster creativity and to take in um, new experiences.
0: I see, and I, I, the same people at work, they also say to me, uh, you, know, you know, why do you watch wrestling? And I'm like, well... I watch wrestling because it's, it's a soap opera for men. Now, uh. And women too. I don't too. Wanna...
1: Women can enjoy wrestling too.
0: Well, not at all. I'm just saying. I, I didn't mean like that, like a in, a. in a sexist way. I just meant it like, you know. I, I think our listeners know what I meant. Um, I, I know what you but... meant.
1: Yes. It's, <laughs> it is tra- traditionally, wrestling has appealed to men because. You know, it's it's a bunch of guys out there going out there and fighting. It's, it's typically been barbaric. I mean, these days people fight with ladders and chairs and all that kind of stuff, and Triple H always brings out a sledgehammer when he's in the ring. And the women have traditionally dressed rather scantily, and they've gotten models. Until recently. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten models to be wrestlers and they've done diva searches only until recently when they're, you know, well, okay, I shouldn't say recently because there have been wrestlers in the past 10 years, female wrestlers who have been great athletes and worthy champions and and great examples for women and men. But, you know, now that you've got women out there who are basically stealing the show and better athletes than many of the men, uh, that isn't quite so much the case. You get a lot more, you're expanding your fan base, not past like the 30-year-old white male um that, you know, was so much a part of the audience back in the eighties.
0: Well, I what I was gonna touch on um before you went off on your little mini rant there, which I appreciate, don't get me wrong. Uh, is you know, we're recording this April third, uh, which is one day removed from WrestleMania. And last night, like watching WrestleMania, there was highs. Like, I, I saw a meme that says my childhood ke- was reborn and died in the same night. And that was. And anyway who hasn't seen Wrestlemania. I guess this was your point to pause the show. Because uh, I'm about to spoil something from it. Uh, last night my favorite tag team of all time. The Hardy Boys came back. And I marked out like a son of a bitch. Because I was so happy. But at the end of the night. My favorite wrestler of all time. The Undertaker. Retired. And. Like sitting there watching that You know yeah wrestling's fake Yeah he's not dead Like I'm sure we'll see him around But just to To see the way he retired and like The honor that like If you know the behind the scenes like How Undertaker is like one of the most Respected men in the business Um even Vince Who is very ego driven respects the hell out of The Undertaker and when the Undertaker speaks Vince shuts up uh, when they have wrestler court, uh, like Undertaker's word is final. There's no appeals. Like this this is what he says, this is the way it's going, this is the way it's gonna be. And you know, last night he suffered his second second loss ever at WrestleMania. And the wrestler tradition, for anybody who doesn't know, is that when you retire you go out on your back. Meaning you lose your last match. It's it's a tradition in the wrestling industry. it's, it's
1: what they call giving back to the business.
0: Um, Hel- and helping basically
1: helping build a new star, and, yeah, and solidified I mean, them.
0: What what had happened was, uh, you know, Undertaker did his job to push another character and say, "Listen, go on, you know, continue my legacy. You know, prove that you're worth this honor." And I, you know, I said to the guy a several times, "I was like, I hope Roman Reigns really understands what Undertaker just did for him." And, you know, Roman Reigns did the right thing. He got out of the ring. He walked up the ramp. He celebrated because it was the main event, which I think was stupid because the title match should always be the main event at WrestleMania. But I digress. And No, Roman I mean, Reigns, it's, it's
1: Undertaker's last match. I mean, that man's career. Well, no, no. I, I, he, I he debuted in, ni- in 1990 at Survivor Series. That's almost a 27-year career. A 27-year uh, career. I mean, that dude, it, the, he needs to go out the very fi- final moment. No, of WrestleMania.
0: No, no. I... I I agree with that. Like, I'm not arguing it. But Roman Reigns got off the ramp. Um, and they, Athena. They gave Undertaker the ring. And, like, they they let him do his thing. And, you know, to watch him take off his gloves, put it in the center, take off his uh, leather jacket, place it down, and, you know, place his hat down. He saluted the fans and, you know... Who knows if we'll see The Undertaker again until he's ultimately put into the Hall of Fame, you know? Like, stuff like that. Even though wrestling's fake, there's still a storyline behind it. Even though video games are video games, there's still stories behind them. And, you like, to be involved in that and to, to see, like, I cried in The Last of Us. Like, I remember playing The Last of Us and my nerves were so shot, my hands were shaking because I was worried about a clicker coming around the corner.
1: I was about to you say, know. was that a moment when a spider was coming up on
0: you? Um, but the whole point is, like, these video games, they're not just kids' games. Like, they they get you in the moment. I mean, virtual reality is one thing. Like, to play The Last of Us, I remember having to pause the game and walk away for 5-10 minutes because my hands were shaking so bad because I was so enwrapped in the story. And that's one of the reasons why I love video games. And Tying this all back to what we were talking about That's why I love sitting down and recording this podcast every single week Is because For that hour or two hours or sometimes three hours that we record I get to escape the world And talk to people who know what the hell I'm talking about Whether they agree with me or disagree with me They know what the hell I'm talking about So when I tell them that I'm playing Horizon, and I'm at this point, and, like, I'm so confused. I can turn to Alex, and Alex go, oh, well, that's because of this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way. That makes sense. And
1: sometimes that's what this need, podcast is always Sometimes with. you need someone to tell you how to beat a thunder jaw when you're stuck.
0: Yeah. And this podcast has been that outlet for me. And that's why I enjoy doing this. I mean... Even if we record for four hours and we only release an hour to the public, like for that four hours, I was like, I was with friends. Like, I've never met Alex personally, I've met everybody else on the show personally.
1: Well, not um, Lucia,
0: but I've no, I've met Lucia in person. That's how I actually introduced him. Oh, I met him at New York City Comic Con. Oh, um, never mind then, but Alex. Alex is one of my best friends like I I don't know if he feels the same way about me and I'm not this is not my way of getting him to say that, but I consider Alex a best friend and if Alex called me up at two o'clock in the morning and said "Tricky I need you I'm on the next flight to Kentucky because that's the brotherhood. that's the bond that we have at least in my eyes you know I don't know how Alex feels and I'm like I said I'm not saying this to in, induce him to say anything back to me it's okay if he doesn't feel the same way but that's why I love doing this podcast. So, like, to to think about that I've done this podcast for six years now. And, like, with a few exceptions, you know, mostly lately, we haven't really missed any episodes except to go to work or, you know, take off for the holidays.
1: I mean, one of the other great things about this podcast is that you've got such a diverse – um. Selection of taste for all of us. As far as, excuse me, uh, you've got a diverse selection of taste for all of us. We don't all play the same games. We don't all like the same games. You know, so there's some overlap. Like obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn is a big one for a lot of us. Uh, I think you know, Lucia and I have finished it, and you're uh, you're getting close to the end. And then I know that Yield and Troy plan to play it, if Yield hasn't already started it. I
0: think I think Yield has
1: started it. So, I mean, there is some overlap, but, you know, it's also like when we come on the show, it's it's a great way for us to, I mean, advertising is one of the best kind of words of mouth, uh, excuse me, word of mouth is one of the best kind of advertising for anything. And we get on here, and we get to talk about our favorite games, and it helps those games, and it helps those developers we really want to see su- succeed and continue um, to show their creativity and showcase what they can do for the world the naughty dogs the sucker punches the gorilla games uh the double fines like it's it's a great way for us to champion them but we're also learning from each other because you know there may be a game like i would have not have known about rocket league unless i had heard it here on the podcast from you and yield uh, tricky so we each learn from each other about games that we may not have heard of and it's like hey you guys should go play this game because quite frankly i don't mean to insult anybody in the games journalism journalism industry but quite frankly if you write a review i don't give a fuck about your opinion i don't read your review i don't care your opinion does not fucking matter to me uh i, I take the opinion on,
0: on that note go read out this review for Zero. yeah adult. i mean
1: like i i will gladly put <laughs> i will gladly put um my my thoughts out there and i you know I respect anyone who wants to write about games and who puts puts the effort into a game and then writes a conscious, thoughtful, thought-provoking, fair review. Um, Whether it's good, whether it's bad, you know, based on your opinion, if you liked it, you know, hey, great. If you didn't like it, you know, great too. Like, just defend and, and, you know, have reasons for the score that you give or, you know, the the summaries that you write. Uh, But quite frankly, like, to me... I listen to my friends and I listen to myself. If there's a game I really want to play or a movie I really want to watch, I don't listen to critics. I don't care if the score is a 20%. I'm going to play that game. I'm going to watch that movie because I want to. Um, And you know, like I said, I I champion my friends' opinions, those people close to me than I do some reviewer who lives out in California because, quite frankly, it's very subjective, a review. Um, People would like to think their reviews are objective. They're not. They may be in some ways, but there's also it, it's a very subjective experience. Your experience might be very different from another person's. So I don't really trust game reviews. It's not that I you know have anything against the industry in general. It's just I I prefer to listen to people who, who I know and who I converse with on a regular basis, and I know their interests, and we have similar interests. So it's for me, you know, coming on the show is not just about being able to tell what I've been playing and what I like about a game, and to share my thoughts, but it's also getting to hear your thoughts and Yield's thoughts and Troy and Mark's thoughts, and maybe to learn about a new game that I need to go and play because, well, it's really fun. And because I mean, Yield told me told us all about Deadly Tower Monsters. Uh, I had never heard of it before, um, but based on Yield's recommendation, I went and bought the game and played it and got the platinum. So.
0: Now you, need, now you need to go get the platinum in the division.
1: That's one recommendation I will not take.
0: See, and and that's the that's the kind of love that I love with this is because I know you've never played the division. You have no interest in playing the division, but yet you have no problem shitting on the division and giving me shit about it.
1: Well, it's mostly a joke. I I can't remember
0: who started I know it. It's even a joke. if
1: even if it was me, I don't know if it started in one of the Facebook groups. No,
0: Mark Mar- Mark started it.
1: Okay, well Mark started it. It's just, at this point, it's kind of one of those trophy horse things like the um, me doing the rocks, it doesn't matter thing in the middle of one of your your speeches or when you're talking. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where I, I have nothing against The Division. I've never played it. I have no... Ability to comment on it as far as quality goes, but because it's a running joke on Trophy Horse, well, quite frankly, like, it's it's part of the fun nature of our show, and we're just going to keep that going.
0: Absolutely. Sorry I was uh, coming back from smoking a cigarette.
1: Well, of course. That's that's <laughs> another great thing about this podcast is that we all get to know how many cigarettes Tricky can smoke in two hours. I I do a good
0: job of editing them out.
1: It's true, but what you need to do is edit them out of your life and stop smoking.
0: Yes. Uh, on that note, uh, I want to touch base because I actually got a message from Sid uh, after he, he listened to the last episode of the Fireside Chat. And he was, he was like, dude, I, you know, you got to quit smoking and all this other stuff. Uh, I hear the cough. He's he, uh, he recommended I try the e-cigarettes, and I told him I already tried that. It didn't work out too well. So... Uh, well, I mean, maybe
1: maybe get a new addiction.
0: Uh, that's true. I mean, and, and to be in reality, like when it comes to my smoking, I uh, uh, it, it's not so much that uh, I I I I know every smoker says this. I'm not really addicted to the nicotine. I'm addicted to the uh, hand to mouth motion, um, which I know is going to start a lot of jokes. Um, but that's why they say like when smokers, uh, ultimately quit smoking, they wind up gaining 20, 30 pounds because they eat more because they're so used to the motion of, you know, bringing their hand to their mouth. I mean,
1: I was going to say you gave the remember the loot crew a lot of, uh, ammunition there to talk about, you know, hand to mouth (laughs) Um, motions.
0: But I do want to give a shout out to Sid because uh he one of the things he said was that uh he moved to an e-cigarette and now he's and he smoked for over 25 years and he hasn't touched one since he started the e-cigarette. So and then I, I like it's cute he says, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. I just want you to be well, my friend and think I I think you could help and I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. Don't think that like any listener, don't think you can't say something to me to to help me like I fully believe that we're all one big support system and as, as much as you know even if you've never actually contacted one of us and never talked to one of us I still consider you a friend so you know if you need that advice or you need that you know talking to trust me uh, I'm here uh, I'm sure Alex is here that's the way we are. Um, but one other thing, uh, Sid, I'm going to say this publicly, so nobody can ever deny I said that, he said that he's thinking of starting his own podcast. Um, when you are ready to do your own podcast, Sid, let me know, and I will gladly host it for you. So.
1: Did did Superfan Sid say what uh, the name or the the idea behind the show was?
0: No, his words were, I'm thinking of starting my own podcast, it's going to be a while, but I've got some ideas. So. And that's where we left our conversation. Um, but with that being said, uh, I I guess we could kind of wrap this up, unless you have something else you want to talk about.
1: Oh, well, I mean, like how? Because how did we meet Yield? I mean, Yield was kind of was he part of the sarcastic gamer? Because obviously he was on Game Um and I, I forget how yield was brought into. Yield was kind of brought in to replace me when I left to go do more with um, Would You kindly.com. But how did he? We meet him because was he part of Sarcastic Gamer?
0: Um, he actually. Um, I remember, um, you know. Actually, I think I played
1: Warhawk with Yield before I ever podcast with him because I remember there was one night. Where Yield and I were both on Warhawk, and we got into a game, and Yield was just dominating, and I'm, you know, sitting here getting as many kills as I can, kind of bringing up the rear. But I do remember that specifically is that I played War a game of Warhawk with Yield, because um, that used to be our thing talking about uh, Warhawk long before he started talking about Pocket Trains and Simpsons Tapped Out.
0: Um, well, I'm gonna put some beans out there. Yield actually came through. Uh, I don't know exactly how he found the website, but I think one of, uh, he found out about the contest when we were giving away a PlayStation Vita. Um, he's actually the one that let us know that our contest that we were running had a fault in it and that was that we were giving out the wrong number, which started the long running joke of, uh, you know, making sure we say the phone number correctly because otherwise if we reverse two numbers, you call on a sex hotline. Um, and then from there... You know, I, I communicated with him and I made the situation right and whatnot. Uh, and then I reached out to him one day. I said, dude, uh, you do twerp all the time. You know, you ever think about joining us? And it it went for a while. And then finally, I think episode 101, he officially joined us. I know it was right after 100 he officially joined us. So that's how Yield came about. And then Troy, you know, me and you have known Troy for a while. Uh, He was uh, podcasting with, uh, you know, I'm going to say this wrong again. I think I'm going to do this wrong again. Joypad and me, he was on their podcast, and I've been trying to get Troy on Trophy Horse for the longest time. Uh, Finally
1: broke him down. Got him here.
0: Uh, Finally broke him down. Uh, Got him here. And then Mark was just, uh, I guess i call him a fan favorite. He was... uh, we brought him on to you know, fill in the weeks when one of us couldn't be here, and then the fans uh, attached themselves to him, and now he's an official host. Uh, we started out as a three-man podcast, we went to a four-man podcast, and now we're a five-man podcast. And who knows, a year from now, when we're celebrating episode 350, we might be a six-man podcast.
1: might go to the octet, we might be the eight, eight-man podcast.
0: No, nah. nah, I think once we hit eight, we're done. Eight is enough.
1: Or we got to vote somebody off the island, a la Survivor.
0: Eight is enough.
1: That's
0: I get no I get no love for that joke.
1: Uh, for that terrible show, Eight is Enough.
0: I didn't say anything about the show. I just said the joke.
1: No. I, I, I think that five people on a podcast is enough. I, I think that if you get any more than that, it's kind of, well, your internet connection is going to go to shit. Let's be honest about that.
0: Yeah, I don't think Yield's internet connection could uh, hold that. All right, so let's land this plane. Uh, We're going to try to keep you guys informed. Obviously, there's probably going to have to be one more fireside chat before we do episode 300. Of course, we will keep you updated on the status of episode 300. Uh, But with that being said, if there's nothing else... Well, hold on.
1: Let's just say that uh, if you've got any questions for us... Send that in for episode 300. Please send those in. Uh, the uh, email is trophyhorse at provengammer.com. Uh, and also...
0: Ooh, Troy's going to be mad at you. Why? Because you stole his catch line.
1: Oh, well, sorry about that, Troy. Uh, he can lawyer me next episode. Uh, but, I mean, if you guys want to reach us through the Facebook group, through uh, Trophy Whores on Twitter, uh, I'm on Twitter as Sonosaurus Rex, Tricky's on there as Tricky Mick, any, guy, any way you all want to get us questions, um, please do. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys from episode uh, 300. What are your favorite Trophy horse moments? What's your favorite Trophy horrors, uh title? What um, is your favorite game that you've played recently? Like anything you really want to say, like any kind of email, any kind of question, uh, whatever you want to talk about. If you had a particularly delicious meal like steak or soup or whatever – I mean, shit. Just, we want to hear from you guys, and we want you guys to be as much of a part of episode 300 as you can be, and there's plenty of ways to reach reach us, so uh, just write in. Um, we love hearing from everyone. We love hearing from JT, uh, from Sid, from Kali. so please, everyone, bring the heat.
0: All right. And so, if there's nothing and, else... And wait a I minute, just... hold on, actually. Oh, here we go. I kind of feel like we...
1: We should have started this a while ago, but I kind of feel like we need Jared to do some memes, especially for episode 300. We need to come up with a theme, and then he needs to create a bunch of memes based on that theme. Like, the trophy whores go—it's like it's getting into springtime, so like the trophy whores are out gardening or something like that. I don't know.
0: You you know you're opening the floodgates right now.
1: Look, that dude has created so many memes and opened up so many floodgates that I don't think it really can get any— any harrier, it, it's just... Yeah,
0: he, he made a picture of me sticking my finger in Frosty's ass recently.
1: <laughs> that picture wasn't made, that was taken.
0: <laughs> well, we weren't supposed to say that in public. Well, you, you, all, uh, you all
1: were not supposed to say that in public. I did not sign that NDA.
0: Uh, did, also... Did you
1: like that video game journalism joke, NDA, non-disclosure agreement?
0: Yes. Uh, it's just as bad as my is enough joke.
1: No, mine was better.
0: Uh, also, uh, we have a Discord now. Get involved in the Discord. Uh, if you need the link, send me a message. I will send you the link. Uh, I'm going to get Alex in Discord by the end of the night. Hopefully.
1: Real quick. Uh, you've gotten further into Horizon. Has your opinion of the game changed? Like, How do you feel about the game now? Because you said it started off slow, and you had some issues with the combat. Like... How do you feel about the game now? Especially now that you've gotten deeper into the story.
0: The combat's... Um, the combat's gotten better. Uh, I, I still have the same issues with the combat, but playing the game more, I found better strategies to uh, do certain things. Um, I found a way to basically kill a um, thunderjaw in one shot. Uh, which helped uh, a lot um, without going into details right now because I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but Al you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm to the point where... Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling anything. Uh, well, you know the part of the game I'm at, correct? Yes. Where? Okay, the part that's right before that... Um, where you're basically in a situation where you're essentially helpless and you have to devise a strategy to get your stuff back.
1: Yeah, no, I got
0: you. Um, okay, that situation right there, the same way that I found the way to take the, down the thunder drawer is the same way that I got myself out of that situation and I, like you know if i hadn't figured that out, I 'd be extremely frustrated playing that part right now.
1: I mean it's like one of the great things about that game is I I went into the first Thunderjaw I ever saw out in the wild. I was like, I'm going to take this guy down, and I rushed in there and was like, come on, motherfucker, bring it. Literally five seconds later after like putting arrows into it and it doing nothing to the Thunderjaw, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Some of the really good weapons, like I think the Shadowhunter bow was one that I used throughout most of the game. It uh, it served me really well. Uh, especially when you can get the modifications and make and, and build it up and, and buffer it and get it even stronger. But like a lot of those weapons, the really good ones that can help you take down the, the bigger machines, like they're pretty or they're you can get them pretty early in the game and for not that they're not that expensive. So it's not like you just, you know, keep using upgrading your weapons and don't, you know, stick to the same bow you've had since the beginning of the game. That's not gonna help you. Um but also, like, that rolling dodge, there's an ability that you can learn, the rolling dodge using skill points. Like, that is critical, especially for getting away from, like, the larger and quicker, like, the, the Sawtooths and the Stalkers and the Ravagers and the Thunderjaw tra- th- thunder Tail Swipe. That will hurt you really badly, and that rolling dodge can save you because it can make you cover a lot of ground in a hurry. And, like, also, right. like, I mean, Lucian and I have talked about this before using the land as cover. Like, there are some places where you can use the land to defend you, it's basically, like a shield.
0: Yeah, that's also a thing. All right. Well, with that being said, we are officially going to close out the show. I've tried it three times. But before we go, I know you're big into your college basketball. There is currently two minutes left in the championship game. Uh, Tar Hills are up by one point. Uh, who do you got for the championship?
1: So, you know, I I know that uh, both teams are deserve, very deserving of the championship, quite frankly, but Roy Williams, he's been here, he's done it. The Tar Heels, like the North Carolina fans, have a lot of championships under their belt. I'd like to see Mark Few and Gonzaga get it. They're the underdog, um, you know, maybe in the rankings they're not, but they're the smaller school, and I would really like to see the Gonzaga Bulldogs win
0: this Alright, well, they're down by a point with a minute 25 to go, so by the time this show comes out, we'll know if you're you're a happy man or you're an unhappy man.
1: Well, I mean, quite frankly, like, after Kentucky went out, like, I didn't really have a big rooting interest in the tournament, but I would like to see Gonzaga win. It's not going to make me sad, you know, to see them if they lose, but, you know, if they win...
0: It's going to make me very sad to see the Tar Heels win. It's going to make... I I could... Well, I could honestly care less about college basketball, um, but being from uh spending some time down in virginia there's a lot of tar Heel fans so just to be a ball breaker i was became a, i became a duke uh sideline fan you know so. you do realize
1: that kentucky fans don't like duke at all because of what happened in 92 and christian leitner stepped on sean woods ah uh,
0: you know i don't even know what the hell you're talking about so until next week hap- or until next fireside chat happy trophy hunting
1: it's probably for the best you don't know about that if you're going to be a Duke fan. Feign ignorance.
0: I'm not a Duke fan. I'm just. A, a,
1: oh, what you are is a troll.
0: Yeah, I'm just being a troll. I fully understand. I care less about college basketball. I'm just a Duke supporter just to piss off the Targo fans.
1: Nice.